0: Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott,
1: great to see you back. Great to be back. How did you enjoy the week off? I had a, a really pleasant long weekend. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't remember what I did, but uh, it wasn't bad, so there we go. It would, have, it would have been a better question to ask you last week. Yes, but th- that's the span of a week. It's a fog now. It's, it's a, a fog. It's a different story. <laughs> it is. Scott, what have you got for us today? <laughs> well, I thought we'd talk about a plant that's out in flower at the moment, the native pannies, some bottle brush, and uh, Brunsfield's here yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Excellent. Now, Scott, frangipanis flowering. Yes, they are. But this is a different sort of frangipani You fell for oh. my, my cunning trick then, didn't you? You set a trap for me. I and did. I, and I fell straight into it. It was a bear trap and you're impaled <laughs> down in there, in there at the moment. I'll, I'll help you out later on. That's oh, an enduring image. <laughs> So, yes, uh, it's native frangipani. It's uh, got a beautiful little yellow and white flower, just like the normal frangipani. This one actually is a native to Australia. It grows up in the rainforest up in Queensland, uh, northern New South Wales. Uh, So, it's a plant that gets to about eight metres tall. And it's an upright plant. It doesn't actually spread out too much. So, I would say it's probably only about two metres in diameter. Okay. So yeah. it's still, still quite big. Still quite big, yeah. Once it's fully grown, it gets to that, but definitely not too tall, so you can grow it. You know, you could put it under the uh, the power lines for instance, and and all will be well. It's not going to grow up into the power lines and do anything bad up there, so Energy Australia will be happy about you putting your native frangipani underneath there. Uh, And it's flowering at this time of year, and you've probably noticed it out and about uh, with those little yellow and and white flowers that it gets all over, and they do look a little bit like a frangipani. Uh, Look, it's a fairly tough plant. Down here in Newcastle, uh, look, it probably doesn't like our winters, uh, too I, yeah. much. Uh, it also probably doesn't like you know, the, the really hot dry weather that we get uh, you know, in December and January for instance. So it doesn't seem like a good plant for Newcastle Anne. But it, it actually does do all right. So yeah, it, look, it is a more of a, a rainforest plant, but it will do pretty well down here. Uh, look, it responds to a little bit of pruning as well. Yep. Uh, so not bad in that regard. But the main thing is it's you know an upright plant. Uh, it doesn't get overly tall and has these really spectacular flowers on at this time of year. I guess if you uh, were you know going to grow it, and uh, for instance you had a gum tree or you know some shade that was going to provide it with some shade. Uh, you could know, work as well. in the afternoon. Yeah. It'd be a good, good spot to put it there. Or under power lines. Or under power lines. They don't provide much shade, but the native frangipani will not grow into the power lines. Like <laughs> well, that's your selling point for it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we've got Larry from Lambton. He's got a question about grapes. I hope it's not a question about sour grapes,
1: Larry. <laughs> I
2: haven't got them on
1: yet. <laughs> How can we help you with
2: them? Yeah, what it is, like each season, uh, the grapevine like you now you get the first flush of tiny bunch type of thing, you know, where they're, they're a bit powdery looking. Yes. When they first come on, well, usually it gets to that stage and might start to form some small grapes, but then I just, I lose everything. It's happened the last couple of years. I just don't know what, uh, something attacking it or what. I was about to spray it that while well, I read on the copper oxychlorides They did not spray the grapes when they're, when they're flowering, so I didn't do that. But uh, I just can't understand why, that they, uh, why they
1: don't develop. Yeah, and, and that, that's what I, I think it's going to be, some sort of fungus that you're getting on there because unfortunately down here in Newcastle, uh, it is just that little bit too humid for the grapes. You know, they do right up in the valley you know, at that time, but down here it just gets too humid and you do get those fungal diseases uh, setting on there. Look, you can't use copper oxychloride. It might be that you can use Mancozeb Plus though, which is another fungicide. Uh, so oh yeah, it, I've
2: got some of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I
1: think it'd be worth giving that a try. So yeah, you do it. You're doing it at the right time when it starts to set flower, because the the fungus actually the spores actually set uh, at that point in time. And then as the yeah. grape starts to grow, it just shrivels it up and they just disappear on you. Uh, yeah, that's great right. Great if you're making you know botrytis semillon or something like that, but um, you know like that <laughs> dessert wine. But uh, not real good if you want to have them as table grapes to eat
2: them. Yeah, these are ladyfinger. Yeah. You know really fairly, fairly good wine if you can get
1: those. Yeah, so, uh, look, I think Greg was very impressed with my uh, knowledge of wines then as well. Extremely impressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's in a valley.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I rang my I me mango like before this <laughs> rain we had with the copper, which you, which you recommend
1: yep, absolutely. when
2: the mangroves and That's been done anyhow, and it's yep. rained ever since. But, uh, yeah, well, I'll try that. And I got the, the Mega Z plus there.
1: Yeah, look, I'll, 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 I'll give, that a, give
2: that a go and just see.
1: And, and the other thing to do is also once you know you've got the leaves of the vine out there as well to give it a, you know a spray of the the fungicide the Mancazer Plus every now and again as well because uh, you know you do get that powdery mildew quite uh, it's quite prevalent on grapevines here in Newcastle. I, I, yeah. I remember I tried to grow some and, and I had them in a full western facing uh, spot. You know they are up on a veranda. Uh, you know I couldn't see how the fungal spores got to them, but. Uh, you know, nevertheless, every single year I would get, uh, you know, powdery mildew on them and I virtually just gave up on them after a while. I...
2: Yeah, I leave it there. If it doesn't, I'm not worried about it. It's metal anyhow. It covers the, the fence, yeah. and the frame. But it's like more or less east-west where it is. That's the way it's running. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's running north north, south. But facing uh, the, the whole thing, of it's facing the
1: east and the west, yeah. And, and yeah. That, that's good, yeah. And look, I but some people just seem to be able to do. I remember going down to a house down in uh, Mayfield, uh, sorry, in uh, Hamilton East over near uh, the tennis courts, the old tennis courts there, one time. And uh, you know, the, these people had this fantastic grapevine over the you know, the trellis out the back, it just looked absolutely spectacular. So yeah. some people seem to have the, the you know, just the touch, I think. Uh, but yes, look just the mm. knack, but I think yeah, using that, uh, that spray just to try and keep those uh, fungal problems. Yeah, well, under
2: I'll control. give it a go because I haven't, I haven't tried anything else in here, so I'll, I'll be out there. I don't know whether it's worth spraying the way the weather is at the moment. But...
1: Yeah, and it might be worth giving that uh, mango of yours another hit as well after this rain clears.
2: Yeah, I was going to, yeah, that's right, because yeah. it, it looks like that might be all right this season too. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Scott. okay Larry, yeah, thanks for holding on. Good there. on you, mate. Cheers. Oh, right, thank you. Bye,
1: bye. Sounds like Larry's gonna have a Bacchanalian festival with all those grapes. Sounds it. We'll yeah. have to pop around. Yeah, it sounds get pretty some good doesn't it? Mangoes, grapes. grapes. Some grapes. Yeah.
0: My parents used to have a grapevine. How'd they go with it? I don't think it grew a lot of grapes. And the ones that did weren't that great. Right, okay. But the plant just stayed there. Stayed there. Well, the it was there forever. See, some people
1: have the knack. Your parents had the knack.
0: I think also as well it was a bit in the too hard basket to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> did it pass down in the genes? It did but yeah, it's it's I think it's still there.
1: Yeah, oh, and you're looking after it still? No. No, okay. I haven't touched it. it. still goes.
0: The vine's there, but I don't think there's... It's not fruiting. That's, that's what you need it for. You need it for the wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, you've got to get your feet dirty, you on the foot stomping. Oh. <laughs> it's not easy. That's why I go the white wine. <laughs> okay. We've got Yvonne now from at curry, and she asked a question about the mango tree.
1: Yvonne, how can we help you?
3: Yes, good afternoon. Um, I have a mango tree, which is about a metre and a half tall, and I think the frost is really done its job on it um is there any way of trying to save it
1: yeah, look, it, it should naturally shoot back itself. You're probably finding the tips of the, you know, the branches are all blackened and, the, and that's starting yeah. to go back.
4: Yeah.
1: We were talking to a bloke about it a couple of weeks ago, and I recommended at the time, uh, you know, to actually get the secateurs and start snipping that back, you know, through the black until you get it to where it's green and the sap's starting to run out again. And then, right. yeah, stop there. You can actually, you can get, there's a product called Steri Prune if you want to, which will seal off the wound. Yeah. Uh, so, you can do that as well if you want to, and then right. it will grow back from there. You might lose a little bit of shape, but after you know, over time, it doesn't really matter too much uh, with a mango. Uh, look, the other thing we were talking about uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago is if you know there's going to be a frost, grab an old sheet or something and, and go and toss it out over the top of the plant, mm. uh, especially when it's that age and you, know, you can actually get a sheet over the top of it. Uh, you know, once a plant gets to four or five metres tall, it you know, tends to look after itself pretty well anyway. But when it's sort of young and tender like that, uh, you need to give it a bit of a helping hand. So, an old sheet when there's a frost coming along, and uh, yeah, get those secateurs, give it a, a bit of a prune back, and uh, just try and get rid of that dieback that might be moving back down through the plant.
3: Yeah, what what
1: do you call it, old? I mean, new uh, rather. Well, look, if, I'd have to say that forty-seven's uh, not old. It's forty-seven's uh, <laughs> the new twenty-seven. <laughs>
3: You're not talk, talking about wi- wi- uh, women's age, is No, I'm, talk- I'm
1: talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, look, I-, I would say a plant is getting you know to an age you know, in a mango tree that can look after itself probably after you know four years or so. You well, know,
3: this is yeah. about six
1: or seven years old. Yeah, so, why is it only a meter and a half tall? i bug it
3: if I know, huh? but. It's, um... It really got at this time, and I didn't cover it, and I forgot. Yeah. and it was right in the early stage, you know, when the frosts were really bad. Um, but it got a lot of other things, the the golden cane tree, and um, uh, what else? the The poinsettia out the front. Yeah. Well, I've chopped that back. that That'll come back. I know that. But um, I
1: wasn't sure about the mango tree. Yeah, you see, curry's not barley. You're trying for, uh, you know, all those tropical <laughs> plants up there. Uh, and look, once you get them established, like I said, they, they will. You will get that, you know, if a frost settles on them, you will get some die back. But generally, they're big and bad enough to look after themselves by that stage. But you do get that damage. Uh, look, have you got, with that mango tree, have you got the lawn growing up around it perchance? chance? No. No? no, okay. Uh, do you feed it at all?
3: Uh, not this
1: year. Okay. Look, I'd get some cow manure and give it a, a crack uh, with okay. some cow manure around the base of it and uh, water that in and just see how you go with that, just to try and spur it on a little bit.
3: Yeah, it needs something.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look, now, now's the time to do it. We've had some rain. I uh, don't know yeah. how much you've got up there, hopefully a little bit. Um, I was talking to some people from Tamworth this morning, apparently only three mil up there, so that's not too three flash. Mil, yeah, no. not too flash oh, for them. No. Uh, uh
3: we had 15
1: yesterday the day before okay well so that's, that's
3: not too bad that's not
1: too bad so the ground's wet uh, It's starting to warm up at night uh, that mango tree is getting ready you know it's wanting to start to grow now so uh, okay. yeah give it a bit I'll... of a spur on and we'll see what happens
3: i'll get onto
1: it okay
0: thanks for i think th-
3: thank you kindly
1: okay have a nice afternoon
3: thank you
0: bye Bye-bye. and we've got jim from mayfield and he's got a question about the rose bush jim how
1: can we help you
5: uh oh, good afternoon look uh, I'm listening to that chap there speaking about his grapes and uh, one thing and another. Uh, I've got a strange uh, uh, rose bush and it's sort of half rose and half grape. And the thing is that uh, I pruned it each uh, July, and the thing is that all the grape vine I keep uh, persistently cutting it back. But the thing is, uh, what do I keep? Do I keep the rose bush or do I keep the grapevine? Now I don't know how it's happened. It's probably grafted, or maybe the rose bush was sleeping around, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, it's, but, a, it's like the rose bush with two heads, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
5: well, I think it's got more than two heads. You know, I think it's uh, well. You can't say it's queer, but you know, it's just uh, it just looks weird and wonderful. You know, I get some beautiful roses off it, but I keep co- cutting the uh, out ro- uh, of grapevine back so that uh, all the the growth will go into the rose bush. But uh, I just noticed it the other day, it's just getting prolific. Like, you know, it's coming out from everywhere.
1: Look, I'd love to see a photo of this. Would you really?
5: Yeah, I believe it.
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah. This is like Ripley's Believe It or Not here today, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Fox Mulder and the X Files have got nothing on you.
5: Well, I, I, I could have private showings or something like that.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> but look, if you, if you, can you email us a photo, Jim? We'd love to have a look at it. Yeah,
5: that'd be great. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and Greg's got our email address
0: here, which is gardening at two and URFM.com.
5: Great, and uh, we want them both together, or. I'd imagine you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, that'd be yeah, fun.
1: Together. Both together. We'd, we'd love to have a look at it, and we'll have a chat about it. Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, well, good on you, Jim. All right, thanks for listening.
1: Okay, get us that photo, and we'll, uh, we'll deal with it then. Okay,
0: okay. bye. Cheers, thank you. Right. Thanks, Jim. Our email address is gardeninggat 2 com. That sounds odd. The,
1: it does sound very odd, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've never heard of anything like that, grafting a rose to a grapevine or a grapevine to a rose. Or... Mm, I wonder if the grapes would still be nice, though they'd have that that really uh, perfumed, t- yeah, very tasty. A lot of aroma. A lot of aroma to them. Aroma to them.
0: <laughs> We've got Michael now from Curry, and he's got experience about mango trees. Uh, Michael, how can we help you? Or help us. Yes.
6: Scott, I uh, heard the lady from Curry was a four-year-old mango tree that was only a metre and a half tall. Yes. Uh, I once inherited a tree that was uh, somewhere around that height, and uh, like you suggested, it had the grass growing up to it, uh, when I cleared the grass away and, and started um, pumping some feet into it yes uh, I reckon I've been trebled in size before um, by the time we moved out
1: yeah, look, you're absolutely right there, Michael. The grass, and I do ask this question all the time. Uh, the grass is, is able to suck up so much of the moisture and nutrient. Uh, you know, if you've got it up against around a plant, especially a, a young plant like that. Look, like we we're saying, once the plant's big and bad, uh, it can look after itself. You know, once the tap roots are down into the into the surface and the subsurface, but. Uh, if you've only got a young plant there and it's you know only got very small root system, the grass is just going to take as much as it can, and it just doesn't get through, uh, you know, down into the root system of your, your mango or whatever or other sort of plant yeah. you've got there.
6: We'd be lucky to get one mango a year, and uh, with my uh, nothing to lose attitude, I just uh, <laughs> uh, just peeled away some of the grass and uh, put some sleepers around it. Fed it manure and um, oh, I can't remember any more blood and bone and stuff yeah, like yep, that. Yeah,
1: good old feed up. Yeah, look, you've got you got to play to win, don't you? It's um, you know, you've got to get in there and give things like that a go. So yeah, you've done absolutely absolutely the right thing.
6: And my my ex father in law used to well, probably still says if you get rain in September, you ain't getting get mangoes in January.
1: Uh, yeah. what? Because it rains too early, or what was his theory with that one?
6: Uh, well, that's just his observation because that mango tree was in his um, home where he grew up as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was what he's observed, because um, in Wanji, they won't talk to you if you haven't got a mango tree in the yeah, area. It's,
1: it's true out there, isn't it? There's a lot of mangoes out around Wanji.
6: And, and that's what he's observed over his, over his life in, in the area, that um, if it rained in September, there was nowhere near as many mangoes. And I'm thinking... Maybe it's just knocked the pollen out of the flowers, and the bees have had to make alternative arrangements.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Actually, my my in laws lived out there as well, and had a mango tree. That's why that's why I can speak about it with some authority about Wondi being the mango capital of Lake Macquarie or Newcastle.
6: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Now I live in Curry, and I'm uh, contemplating uh, getting a curry specific garden happening. Yeah, yeah. Possibly with or without the mango. Um, getting back to the last fellow with the the great grafted to the road. Yes. Uh, are the two um, the same species or
1: family? I, they, they're not, so that's why we want to see a picture of it. I mean, it could just be that you know they're planted side by side, very close, them entwined somehow. <laughs> we're we're just we're just keen to see some uh, photographic evidence about this. Not you know sort of not Loch Ness monster or a bit know, of a Bigfoot scenario. Yeah, some at the moment. Roswell sort of. Okay. We actually want to see. We actually yeah. want to see the the proper you know high resolution pictures before we we pass judgment on it. <laughs> I,
6: I was told uh, if, by somebody in the vineyard. That uh, the reason for the roses at the end of the vines was because the two were actually related, and uh, whatever was was um, happening to the roses uh, was an indicator of what they needed to uh, prepare
1: to protect the, the grapes. Yeah, therefore. so I've, I've heard it slight, slightly same, slightly different in that they're, it's sort of like that companion planting idea where they have the rose out the end and, uh, you know, they, they are susceptible to, uh, you know, fungal disease, uh, you know, aphids, those sort of things. So uh, that's that's why they have the roses there as well, as well as they look good as well. But uh, no, that's a good theory about them. Yeah. So we'll, so... we'll, we'll see what uh, Jim comes up with with his photographs.
6: Not not actually related, just suffer the same ailment.
1: Yes, yeah, that that was my belief, yes. Uh Aha,
6: okay. Okay. Lovely. Great work, Scott. Thank you.
1: Good on you, Michael. Good luck uh, with your uh, curry-specific garden.
6: Yeah, I'll have to call in and uh, drill you for that in person sometime. Okay.
1: (laughs)
0: Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Michael. We've got June now from Morissette. She's got a question about the lemon tree. Uh, June, how can we help you?
7: Um, hi Scott um, I have a small lemonade tree yes. in um, in a pot yes. it's been there for a couple of years but I just went out a little while ago and had a look and the, the new growth green leaves at the bottom they're being eaten by something but the um, the older leaves at the top have got the curl in it, so oh, I just wondered what was happening there or what I could do with
1: that. Yeah, so look, all citrus trees get citrus leaf miner in them, or if uh, even the old leaves do they? Well, usually they harden up, but uh, usually the other thing they'll get is you know just little sap sucking insects going in there. And sort yeah, this of having... seems
7: to be as if there's a yeah. white. Gadget, I had a look and there was one of them that had the white, you know, and I squashed it, whatever it was, at the back of it, sort of thing, you know. Oh, so it that, might be
1: some sort of thrip you've got in there. Uh, okay. Look, the, the best thing to do is get a product called Eco Oil. It's, yes, uh, a, that. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, it's a tea tree based, you know, uh, oily sort of substance mm-hmm. and it actually puts a protective coating on the plant and yep. it's, it more or less scares away those sort of insects. The great thing about it is it's nice and safe to use on, uh, you know, edible plants, all edible yep. plants. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly you can do that. Uh, look, it does work. Work very well, uh, especially when you get the uh, citrus leaf miner coming in around February or so. So as yes. soon as you see that new growth coming on the plant, that nice soft new growth, that's mm. when you give it a spray. But certainly at the moment, you can spray it anyway. You know, it's just one of those products which is you know nice and safe to use, uh, and and it does work.
7: Yeah, I used to be at redhead, and I never saw the older leaves sort of curling. It was always the new growth. And uh, so when I saw this down at Morisset, I thought, oh well. I'll I'll
1: just ask you anyway. Yeah, and look, sometimes it can just be, you know, some old damage that for some reason it's, it's curling over. But, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, okay. cer- certainly get out and give it a spray. It's not and going to hurt it. when can
7: I all. transplant
1: that into a bigger pot? Uh, you can do that at any time. If you've got it in a pot now and you can, you know, successful.
7: It's full of... Um- and new uh, tiny fruit
1: and everything on it at the moment. Yeah, so so generally you wouldn't do it now. But no. however, if you can successfully get it out of the pot without you know rupturing or damaging yeah. the yeah. root system and and plonk it straight into some new fresh potting mix yeah. in a new and bigger pot, then you mm. can do that. But that's up to you whether you think All right. uh, you know you can actually get it out of that pot without damaging the root system. But generally, right. if you've got, got fruit set. Uh, that's when you leave it be until you've actually finished fruiting, uh, All right. you know, picking okay. the fruit. But if you think you can just pop it straight off and mm-hmm. uh, plonk it into a new pot, go for it.
7: All right. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, okay. thanks for that, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: We've got David from
0: Hinton, and he needs advice about fertiliser. David, how can we help you?
6: Scott, I'm just about getting ready, once it dries out a little bit, to spray my lawn again for broadleaf mm-hmm. and bindi.
1: Good idea, um, good idea.
6: yeah. yeah. Is there a fertiliser that I can put in with the mix to give it a kick at the same time, or is that a good idea or a bad idea?
1: No, look, I, I wouldn't do that. The, the best fertilisers, uh, you know, the the granular ones that you, know, that you can use, you can use some poultry manure as well if you want to. That's another way to fertilise your lawn. People often don't think about that, but, uh, yeah, just spreading some uh, poultry manure around the, the lawn's a great organic way to feed it up. Yeah, uh,
6: but then you've got to put up with the next door neighbour.
1: Oh, well, they get cranky with you, do they?
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, look, there, there are a whole lot of other uh, lawn fertilizers out there that you can use uh, yep. that don't smell. So, you know, feel free, you know, try, try those ones out. Uh, you can use the liquid hose-on fertilizers that you can get. Uh, yep. Look, just uh, be careful about those. Uh, you know, they're, they're diluted, they're liquid, they don't feed, they give the lawn, you know, like a quick boost. Yeah. Uh, and often it's not sustained uh, there. So that's why I always go for the, you know, the granular fertilisers, the ones in the bag that you have to actually go and spread around. Okay, That's why I prefer those. And look, if you haven't got bad neighbours, I'm sure your neighbours aren't bad, of course, but uh, uh, yeah, go with the poultry manure and give that a try as well. But just a light okay. dusting over the top, yeah. Yep, all righty. Okay, good on you.
6: Thanks for that, Scott. Okay, thanks,
1: David. Bye-bye.
0: Cheers, thanks, David. We've got Shirley now from Whitebridge, and she's got a question about Indian hawthorn.
1: Shirley, how can we help you?
4: Um, yes, Scott, you gave us that wonderful advice last year on getting the Indian hawthorns for two um, pots that we had out the front and it's beautiful flowering. And I was just wondering, um, do we just let it flower as it is and, or, knock, or cut it back or um, what do we do? Uh, so I've been getting Adam to cut a little branch off to bring in
1: and put in the basket. Oh, what a nice idea because it does look really beautiful, doesn't it, at this oh, time beautiful. of year? beautiful. Yeah. All
4: the neighbours com- uh, say how beautiful is it is. I thought
1: you were about to say all the neighbours complain then, just like poor David no, from no. Hinton.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no, look, it is, and it's fantastic for pots like we were talking about last year because it handles, you know, being quite dry. And, uh, you know, being in full Western, uh, you know, positions, but it still has that beautiful glossy green look about the leaves. I know, it's so beautiful. And the
4: flower, it's, you know, just abundance of flower this
1: year. Yeah, and uh, they have been fantastic this year. And I think because it has been a little bit dry uh, as well. Uh, So look, as far as pruning, uh, look what happens is those flowers obviously start to die off, and you get you know sort of it gets a bit unsightly when the brown you know the flowers brown off and they're just sitting over the top of the over the top of the plant. Generally, you'll get a very new you know new flush of uh, leaves at that point in time. If you want to just to tidy it up, you can get the shears and just give it a very light prune over, just taking off that flowering material. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and just just sort of tidies it up, and then the uh, the green growth will come back up through that for you. Oh,
4: thanks so
1: much, Scott. That's right. So, yeah, look, just be nice and light about it. Just take those those old flowers off. And, uh, no, it the... won't
4: hurt by me cutting off a little bit of branch to bring in for oh, a Oh,
1: no, absolutely not. No. And, look, it sounds like no. it's brightening up your life as well, so what a good
0: thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, thanks so
1: much. Okay, thanks,
4: Shirley. Okay. Have a nice afternoon. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Scott, I think we've got time for a couple more calls. We've got Neville from Singleton.
1: He's got a question about the lemon tree. We'll give it a crack. Neville, how can we help you, mate? Neville?
4: Yes? Oh,
1: how, how can Uh-oh. we... Hello. Hello, mate. How can we help you?
8: Now, our lemon tree, it nearly died during the summer there. Yeah. Although it had been kept watered. But uh, anyway, the problem is it had half a crop on it. There's not much juice in the lemons. But they have that brown patch inside, Mm -hmm. and it looks like the, uh, seems to me that the forms, the seeds have gone brown and not uh, grown, sort of, the brown patches, sort of dead seeds.
1: Yeah, so look, they they can get a fungal disease uh, inside the lemon as well. Uh, But there is another type of deficiency where you start to get that browning in the lemon as well. And I'm just racking my poor old brain for it at this point in time. I might do some research about that over the week, and we'll talk about it next week for you. But uh, generally, I would say that, uh, you know, you're saying that the the lemon's not juicy. So, you know, watering's always going to be the main thing. Is it in a pot or in the ground, mate?
8: No, it's uh, been in the ground there for 20 years.
1: Oh, okay. So I've, I've
8: had beautiful lemons off it. Over the years, so she's still a young, but, uh, she's
1: still a young tree. Then twenty years, it's a, it's still a young tree for you, but, but your pardon? it's still a young tree.
8: Need a young tree. Yeah, no,
1: no, no. It's uh, twenty years old. It's still not. It's still not old. It's all good for you. Uh, look, the other thing you can do with it is, have you ever given it a prune back?
8: I yeah, but I cut all the dead bit of dead wood out of it there yeah yeah at the end of summer
1: yeah and look at the end of summer you might even want to give it a you know a bit more of a prune back Uh, actually you know take about a third of the plant off and just freshen it up a little bit
8: Uh, other people have talked about their lemons have been no Hmm. good with this big brown patch in the middle Uh, it seems to me it's those little seeds just
1: haven't developed. Yeah, yeah, look at that. that that's, that's yeah.
8: What? How about I don't I'm, think there's any grubs in
1: there? No, that's good. Look, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do a bit of research for you over the week and we'll talk about it for you next Monday.
8: Good, thank you.
1: Okay, mate, you have a nice afternoon. Good.
8: Cheers. Bye bye.
1: Cheers. Thanks, Neville. Guarding
0: talk back on 2 in RFM. Scott, I think we've got time for one more. We can yeah. squeeze one more call we'll
1: sw- in. We can squeeze so if we have to ring off on Lynn, don't be offended, but uh, here we go. Here we go. Here's
0: Lynn from Gresford. She's got a question about wisteria.
1: How can we help you, Lynn?
9: Hello Scott. Um my wisteria tree trees will not flower.
1: That sounds highly un highly unusual because they're the one of the, the toughest, sort of most virulent plants you're going to get. What have you been uh what have you been feeding it with?
9: Oh, Hubby does that, I'm not sure. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Um he put um lime on it. Yeah a whole heap of other things during the winter and now it's flourished and it's nice and green well, I I spoke to the nursery man this morning yeah. our local nursery man and he said he doesn't know what's the problem because he said he's even got a wisteria in his yard one of them's in full bloom and the other's not
1: yeah, look, you know what I'm thinking? If your husband's been giving it heaps of lime, uh, you know, he's, he, if you're feeding with poultry manure, it could be that you've got the soil a little bit too alkaline for it and too much nitrogen in the soil. Uh, and that's why you're getting fantastic green leafy growth, but you're not getting any flowering material out of it. So I'd probably cut back Amazing. on
9: Potash, that's right. You put potash Pot. oh, on well, it. That's
1: fantastic. So you've got it you use the potash. Don't just yes. use it once though. You have to start building it up in the soil over this, you know, this coming year. So you might use it once a month until we get back to, uh, you know, September again next year and just build that potash up in the soil. Uh, Don't use lime on it. I'd be cutting back on that. And don't use poultry manure either, okay? So just steer um, with the potash and, uh, you know, with some cow manure as well. That's probably going to be fantastic for it. Okay, well,
9: we'll wait till next year and then we pull it out if it doesn't work.
1: uh, That sounds pretty harsh, but um, fair.
9: Yeah, well
1: it's four years it hasn't flowered. Okay. So we give give those things a try and we'll see what happens for you.
9: Thank you very much.
1: Okay, thanks for that, Lynn. Bye. Bye bye. Cheers, thanks Lynn Guarding
0: Talk back on to when you are at FM. Scott Sharp, we are almost out of time for another week. Just quietly though. How good was your twenty year old gag? Oh, look, I thought it wasn't bad. I am still trying to make out that
1: 47's twenty seven, but I don't think it went down too well with Neville. No, it didn't go down well with me either. It was oh. Just pure <laughs> silence. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of owls flew through there as oh,
0: well, didn't they? There's a big
1: tumbleweed to come through at one yeah, stage. I think so. It's <laughs> probably the best gags you've done. Oh, that's not real good. Look, the other plant I was thinking about that's out at the moment is Bronze here. Yesterday, today and tomorrow. Uh, look, a really beautiful plant, only probably about a metre tall or so. Yep. Uh, it gets the uh, purple and white, the flower changes colour. Uh, that's why people call it yesterday, today and tomorrow, because you can see the ah. passing of time in the plant. Brilliant idea. Uh, yeah, so it goes from purple back to white. Really, I was wondering why it was called that. Yeah, I, I thought I'd uh, put you out of your misery at the end, by the end of the show. It sounded like a Beatles song.
0: It did, didn't it? And a beautiful Beatles song at that. <laughs> Scotch it up. That is all for us.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance,
6: business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.